welcome once again to the Ebone Zone as I invite you to sit back, relax, and listen for the 308th time on this Friday, October 28th, 2022. I hope you enjoy this week's episode, The Price of Fur and Fame. I've heard about it on YouTube and seen it on Instagram, even seen it in person once, but never like this. Pet social media seems to be a big deal. There's people across the country who do this and have a massive following because of it, and I'll link to a few in the description so you can check them out for yourself. Now people are starting to take notice, especially Yappy.com. They're a retailer of pet gifts, and they're looking for their next face of the company, or as they call it, a chief fluff officer and they're willing to pay a hefty price on it, too. The next pet that makes the cut will earn a salary of up to $10,000 per year. The company says that they need a pet that loves the camera and doesn't mind being filmed while trying out personalized gifts. The pup gets to travel for photo shoots, but they're required to stay groomed and show off their sassiest expressions and tail wags online. And to be fair, I can understand that because you gotta look your best. To be entered into this, pet owners, on the other hand, or as some people call them, Pawrants, I know, that term's always given me just a little bit of a funny feeling up my spine, must apply by November 18th, so you still have time if you're interested, but they've already had over 3,000 applications so far, so you'd probably be pretty far down the list. I'll throw a link in the description if you're interested. It seems like a cool gig, I'll admit, though I'd think it through first, because you might be in for some trouble when you have to travel all the time for Fido's glamour shots that could very well cost more than your car. Just consider it wisely is my advice, and even then, my word isn't best to take on stuff like this. Because if you enter your dog and you win, that's great, but if you lose, it's likely your furry friend will be made fun of at the dog park by the other dogs. And nobody wants that. This week, I would like to continue a tradition that I hold very close to my heart. I try and offer a good Christian podcast, so I thought I would begin sharing a new Bible verse each week. This week, I would like to share a verse from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 10 says, For the mountains may move and the hills disappear, but even then my faithful love for you will remain. My covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. In this verse, one particular thing sticks out to me. For the mountains may move and the hills may disappear, but even then my faithful love for you will remain. This, to me, sounds a lot like the promise God made to us in Hebrews. He says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. So, that's another time that God said he would not leave us, nor forsake us. He would not abandon us. He would not leave us to do things on our own, because he loves us and he wants to take care of us. His faithful love will never abandon us. Never is, it just won't happen. God's love abandoning us will not happen because God is our Father. We are his children. We are his sons. We are his daughters. Think about it. Does a father's love abandon his children? Does a father's love go away from his children? No. There's always that soft spot in his heart for his children. There's always that place, that special place in a father's heart for the children he has. And that's how it is with the heart of God. He loves us so much 
that he sent his only son to die for us. His only son, Jesus, on an old rugged cross to die a sinner's death, knowing no sin, so that we could be reconciled. Because, friends, let's just face it, we're dirty. We're unclean. We have no part in the kingdom of God except for the grace of God, except for Jesus' atoning sacrifice. We're human. We're imperfect. We fail all the time, but yet Jesus says he will never leave us nor forsake us. He says here in Isaiah, For the mountains may move and the hills disappear, but even then my faithful love for you will remain. My covenant of blessing will never be broken. So the covenant he has with us cannot go away from us. It will never be broken. Even when the hills disappear and the mountains go away, that love will still remain. That unfailing Father's love that God has for His children, for you, for me, and for every Christian on this earth, it will stand. Isn't that a wonderful promise today? Believe on that, friends. Sometimes the internet can be a pretty cool place. Other times, well, not so much. And that's why I've taken it upon myself to dive back into the depths of Twitter to see which side of the coin we're presented with this week. This week's hashtag is my biggest childhood fear. The first response to my biggest childhood fear is getting eaten by sharks in the swimming pool. I can sort of relate to this. I remember when I would swim in the deep end of the pool, something would happen for me where my brain would just go, I don't know why, but I would always fall for it. And then I would swim as fast as I could back to the shallow end because everybody knows sharks can't swim in shallow water or something like that. I'm not really sure what I was thinking, but I just knew I wanted out of there. The next response of the day is missing the ice cream truck if I didn't pedal fast enough. You know, I have a solution. That's when you cheat the system a little and you ask your parents to drive you and follow the ice cream truck to its next stop. Or that's what I'd do. What? I'm not missing out on my orange sherbet. Are you telling me you wouldn't do the same? The next response to the hashtag my biggest childhood fear is kind of surprising to me. The planter's peanut man. Um, I don't know about you, but I'd be more concerned about the Kool-Aid man because last time I checked, the planter's guy doesn't forcibly barge his way into your house through the wall and announce his uninvited presence. To be fair, though, the planter's peanut man could pop you in the knees with that cane of his if you don't buy his product at the grocery store, so there's certainly a reason to fear them both if that's the case. And the last response is bees. That's an all-too-common one, but I wouldn't say I have a fear of them. Just a healthy respect. Now, if one of them lands on me and it's looking like it's in a stinging mood, that's different. But generally, though, if they stay away from me, I stay away from them and we're cool. There's a lot of things to know about the state you live in. For example, my home state of North Carolina. The state bird is the cardinal, state dog the plot hound, and the state flower is the dogwood. I guess I can thank elementary school for that information, but what about state desserts? Well, there's a few. For instance, Missouri went kind of old school simple. Theirs is the ice cream cone, and South Dakota's is cake. Just any cake, I guess. Come on, South Dakota, you've got to do better than that. Be specific here. 
What are we talking? Chocolate, strawberry, butterscotch, coffee cake? There's a bunch of different choices, and you just said, eh, let's go with cake. If it was me, I would have gone with chocolate cake, even though personally my favorite is apple crumble. And here's the reason why. Because chocolate is just good and fair, down the middle, reliable cake. Florida State dessert caused sort of a row with Floridian people, though, because most assumed the key lime pie would be a shoe-in for the top spot. But in the end, it was strawberry shortcake that won first prize. And now it shoulders the responsibility of being Florida's ambassador to the rest of the dessert world. And it's caused a firestorm, or as much of one as an internet dispute over dessert can cause. One man said that for locals, it was personal. Even Florida's lieutenant governor got in on the action. She posted on Twitter, don't tread on key lime, with a picture of key lime pie. And then it was the other side's turn to fire shots. The key lime lovers made a pretty strong case, but the strawberry farmers fired back and said, the strawberry industry has always been pushed to the side and everything is about citrus. And to be honest, I think they nailed it because oranges can't grow under that much shade. My goodness. My opinion on this is, well, I like them both. A lot. And I wouldn't complain about eating either of them. Strawberries are good. Oranges and limes are good. What do you think, though? Be on the lookout for a poll on the podcast Facebook page where you can comment and weigh in. Which is better, strawberry flavor or citrus flavor? I've given my thoughts. Now it's time for you to give yours. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I'm really glad you could make it, and I hope you enjoyed the festivities. If you want to stay connected to the show, I'd invite you to pop on over to Facebook or Twitter and give the page a follow. Just search Ebone Zone on Facebook and Official EBZ on Twitter. If you're new, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next week, my friend, God bless you, stay humble, and remember, keep an ear out.